Good evening, Fright fans. Are you ready for a scary story? A true story? Welcome to the horror podcast that digs deep into the tales that inspire our favorite horror movies. With our hosts, Amber, Lex, Antonio, join us for movie night and find out for yourself if what happened was true. Logan was this kid in my neighborhood, kind of thuggish, I want to say. Like, I don't know how else to describe him, but he was kind of a thug, right? And Logan always carried around with him a fork, like a big, like, kitchen fork, you know, the, the dinner fork ones, yeah. the really yeah. thick ones. And everyone always asked him, like, dude, why do you carry around that fork? And Logan, <laughs> no matter who asked him, he'd always reply, it's just in case I got to shift somebody, man. I got something on me. But in case the cops pull me over, I don't want them to catch me with a knife. Right? And everyone kind of like, oh, okay, he's kind of a thug, you know, whatever. One time I asked Logan, I'm like, seriously, man, what's the reason you carry around a fork? And he's like, for real, B? Don't tell nobody? But I keep thinking that someday someone's going to have some food. And they're going to be like, I give you some, bro but I don't have a fork. <laughs> right. Okay. I was like, okay, that's, that's so stupid. I don't know. He has a point. No, like, no. A week later, we're chilling at the park, right? My, my friends are all playing basketball. Of course, I'm just sitting there reading because I'm a huge nerd. When one of my cousin's neighbors comes walking down the hill, carrying two big pink boxes. Okay. Right. And he's like, Hey you guys, he knows us by name. A lot of the people in my neighborhood knew each other. He calls us over by name. He's like, hey, I just came back from a party at my house. We have extra cakes. Do you guys want any? And I could just see Logan like in mid shot. Like what? Drops the ball and just runs over like, yo, bro, I got a fork, dog. I got a fork right here. And he fucking picks up, picks up the box and starts like fucking dishing out slices to each of the kids at the park. And he looked at me. He's like, I told you, dog. I fucking told you, man. Hey, I mean, worked yeah he I, had a point you know what's funny is i added him on facebook recently and it was like i was like oh cool logan i remember him and it was a picture of his family having dinner and he's holding a fucking stays <laughs> 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 true to what he believes anyway okay so the topic for today's podcast is the amityville horror Scary. Haunted um, house story. Um, yeah, haunted house story. Um, so I figured we'll start off. I'll tell you guys the story. Then we'll talk about the movie. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. All right. So in 1974, Ronnie DeFeo shot and killed his entire family. That was a family of six, by the way. Basically, what happened was he took a shotgun and went from room to room at 3 in the morning, 3.15 in the morning exactly, and shot each one of them in the head while they slept. Took a shower, washed all the blood off, hid the gun under his bed, all the shotgun shells under his bed, and then went to work, right? Okay. The next day, he comes home from work, goes straight to the bar, and starts screaming that somebody murdered his family. Like, he tried to play it off like it was a burglar or a break-in, right? Within minutes of coming to the scene, the police find the gun under his bed. And they're like, what the hell is this? Like... 
how do you explain that? They find his the gun, the shotgun shells, the, the his change of clothes, everything. So he he immediately panics and he tries to blame it on a hitman. Like he tries to say, "Oh, uh, a hitman broke into the house and threatened me at gunpoint to kill my family." And the cops were like, "What? That doesn't make any sense, right?" That's random. So it didn't take long before he went. Well, the voices told me to do it. Okay, you're cuckoo. Uh oh. Well, okay. That's the thing. He was one of the most famous cases of someone trying to blame the voices as a defense. Oh, plead insanity. Like the, the insanity plea was something new at the time. And he was one of the first big cases to try that. And obviously it didn't work because first he told a story about a hitman. Come on, man. Why would a hitman get you to kill your family? That doesn't make any sense. He just do it himself. Lazy he also tried to say it was a friend at one point, And the friend was like, Wait, what are you talking about? Like, what? But the fact that he went to work and they found the gun under his bed. Like, why would you hide it under your own bed? Yeah, and, you hide that and toss it in the leg or something. Anyway, he was arrested. Um, that pretty much led to everyone being afraid of the house. I mean, the house remained empty for like 13 months, about a little over a year. And... Everyone was afraid to move in there for obvious reasons. I mean, it was a murder house. In 1975, the house was bought by the Lutz family, George and Kathy Lutz. They bought the house on a discount for $88,000, which by today's money is... I don't know. I didn't look that up. <laughs> Should I have looked that up? Um, I'm just guessing it's a little over 100000 or L- something. A little over 100000 So it's not much. Basically, they got it on a discount, right? Almost immediately after moving in, the family started experiencing wacky and creepy stuff going on, right? A family friend of theirs recommended that they got the house blessed because neither of them were very religious, like almost not at all. Kathleen was an unpracticing Catholic and George was like a Methodist, but neither of them had gone to church in a long time. So a friend of theirs recommended that they had the house blessed by a priest, right? Right. When the priest came over, within minutes... He ended up throwing up and leaving the house. Like he claimed that he had blisters and on his way out, he heard a a voice yelling at him to get out, you know, that kind of thing. So from the get go, things were kind of bad. For example, George was freezing cold the entire time he was there. Granted, this is in the middle of December, but even by those standards, he was unusually cold, like constantly. They would turn up the temperature. They would light the fires. And the family even said that you could feel a temperature drop when you got close to this guy. Right. Like you could physically feel that something was odd here. Uh, Another weird thing that used to happen to George was he would always wake up at 3.15 in the morning, which is exactly the same time that Ronnie DeFeo killed his family. He'd just wake up randomly at 3.15 in the morning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. wander the house. You'd often go to the boathouse that was located near the house. That's that's the other thing. This was a nice house, five story swimming pool boathouse location where you could go off in the little docks. You know, it was like really clean, fancy house. Doesn't so, sound haunted. No, it definitely doesn't even look haunted. No, it does not. I mean, looks clean. Yeah, it was really clean, really nice. It still looks really nice today. Um. The address, which for some reason is the first thing that pops up when you look up the Amityville Horror. Like, why would you put the real address? <laughs> is that kind of inviting people to go to the house? Like, that's a murder house. Come and visit our house and die. Yeah. Actually, the current owners of the house commissioned to have the address changed 
which I didn't write down the name of the new address because why would you need it unless you're weird? But it's no longer like 112 Oceanside Drive. Like it's not that anymore. They I think it's like 108 something and the name is totally different. I guess that's good for them. That that way they don't get weirdos showing up at their house. Yeah, they know the location now. Just not the street. Yeah, like just in general. All right. Another weird thing that happened was the youngest child of the family with a little girl. Her name was Missy. She started speaking to an imaginary friend that she called Jody. That's normal. Little girls have imaginary friends. But what was weird about Jody was she described Jody as a pig with glowing red eyes and like wolf like teeth. It's an interesting friend. Like it yeah. was like that's clearly a demon. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's your imaginary friend. Like that would have been a red flag to me. Like that's not normal. It's but a whatever. demon baby. Don't judge. Well, <laughs> one time Kathy, the mom, caught jo- uh, Missy on the roof. She's like, "What are you doing out here?" And she said that Jody told her that if she jumped, they could be friends forever, forever and ever, friends to the end. Hi, do you hope? Hi, sorry. Kathy lets the mom described having severe nightmares of the murders. She claimed that at, in one of her dreams, she could see herself being shot. Another thing that happened to Kathy was she felt like she was being embraced by these ghosts. Like, literally, she could feel somebody hugging her sometimes. Uh, uh, they're trying to protect her, warn her. Something like that. At one point, George had claimed that Kathy turned into, like, a 90-year-old woman. Like, she rapidly aged in front of him, mm-hmm. and that really freaked him out. Other times he said that she turned into like a demon with its head blown off, like it had been shot. Basically, they he had hallucinations, which was kind of odd. Kathy also got like welts and like blisters that randomly appeared. Disgusting. Right. M- mind you, they were only in this house for like 28 days. They weren't even in there for a full month. Hmm. That was really fast. They also found hooves. In the snow leading up to their house, like there was just like a devil walking around in their backyard mm-hmm. or a horse or a goat or a goat because <laughs> devils and goats. They also had green slime that seemed to ooze out of the walls. Oh, that's easy. That was Slimer. Yeah, Slimer. The oldest son had an experience where there's a window in the house, right, that they could not open for whatever reason. No matter if it was locked or if it was warped or whatever, they couldn't figure it out. So one day, the brothers finally pried it open. And after having the window open, they turned around to say, oh, did you you get it? The window slammed shut on his hand. It was like pretty much severed. Like the bones were completely destroyed. Right. And Mm -hmm. George, of course, ran up. Everybody ran up. They tried to help lift the window up. And no matter what they did, they couldn't pry the window open until eventually, of course, it opened by itself and let the boy go. So they were freaking out, trying to bandage him up. They carried him down to the stairs. Kathy describes carrying him to the kitchen and looking for bandages. And while they were looking for bandages, they saw an apparition of a dude come into the kitchen. Just sort of like a shadow man appear. Okay. And put his hands on the boy. Like hand to hand. That's not and normal. When yeah, his that's... hands passed through him crazy he was healed like miraculously healed like all the injuries were gone like nothing had happened but in interviews later the boy like to this day he remembers being in horrible pain and like he remembers his hand being broken the weirdest thing about this story if you look into it is 
the way the inconsistencies go from movie to ghost story like obviously something weird happened but whether or not it's true has been up for debate i mean like if you look into the case history for the amityville horror it often comes up as a hoax uh, later on after all this happened their uh, their lawyer ended up suing them because of the contracts in regards to the book deal right Mm-hmm. He claimed that he and the family made up the entire story over a couple bottles of wine, and they ha- they had a deal to split the profits from a book deal that was supposed to happen. Hmm. Interesting. Sneaky. But the thing is, you come tell the family. I mean, each one of the kids very distinctly remembers something effed up and weird happening in the house. Like, it's kind of this weird thing of. Who do you believe? On one hand, they could very well be lying. On the other hand, something could have happened and the author could have highly embellished it. That's true, too. Like, just take a tall tale and keep stretching it. Yeah, I mean, they admitted, the the Lutzes actually admitted that the character Jody, the imaginary friend, was made up for the movie. That wasn't even in their original stories to begin with. So it's that thing of... This story is supposedly a true story. But how much of it's true when there are things made up for the book to make the book more interesting? There's things made up for the movies. How much of it actually happened? If you act if you ask the kids of the of the Lutz family, they'll all tell you something seriously happened in that house. Whether or not it was a demon, a ghost, whatnot, we have no idea. But all of them are clearly traumatized to this day. Uh, there, there was a documentary that came out a few years back called uh, My Amityville Horror. And it was the y- oldest son of the family, uh, Daniel. And the way he describes it, you could tell he's traumatized. Like something really bad happened to him then. Maybe there was some sort of abuse going on with the kids too. Yeah, what See, a, yeah it was physical abuse and it just well, hide That's the ghost. thing is... Uh, he claimed it was all George Lutz's fault, the, the the stepdad. Yeah. Right. Right? Because when the family moved in, it was George, his new wife, Kathy, and her three pretty much grown kids from a previous marriage. So he claimed that his stepdad was into the occult. When they moved into the house, there was nothing really going on. I mean, sure, it was haunted. Maybe the ghost of the family, whatever. But he was under the impression that the ghosts and demon shit started happening because Lutz was in, or George specifically was involved in the occult, and he was into like black magic crap. Yeah. So his theory is that he's already into the occult weird shit. They move into a haunted house, and that just made everything a lot worse. On a red flags. Yeah, like I mean, the way they portray it in the movie is like he's possessed, but according to the kid. A lot of the weird shit like levitation that happened or like shit moving on their own was all focused around the stepdad. It sounds like he was messing with something he didn't actually know how to control. In fact, the Warrens from The Conjuring, you know, the the classic paranormal investigators. The reason they got famous was because of the Amityville War. Right. That That was was their first case. Yeah, well, it wasn't their first case, but it was their first high-profile case. Okay. Like, it made them it, a household name as far as paranormal investigators go. It gave go. their name out to other people. Be like, you worked on that? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Lorraine Warren, she had said that it was 
one of the most upsetting haunted houses they've ever visited. She described the place as not evil, but sad, like really, really sad. She described walking through the house once and she entered one of the bedrooms where one of the kids died. Yeah. And she described seeing like a group of shadows just watching her weeping from the inside of the house. Probably all the victims. One of the things they claimed was that they saw hooves in the snow leading to their house. But if you look into it, even though it was in mid-December, it didn't actually snow in upstate New York at the time. So they lied? That doesn't match up. it, It doesn't actually match up with facts. Another thing that the Lutzes claimed was that the house was built on an Indian burial ground where there were satanic rituals. The local Native American tribe that lived in the area, like they still had descendants, yeah, completely denied this. Like, that's this is where we buried our dead. You could actually find their burial ground. That's like, oh, that's where we, that's where our funeral rites were. I don't even know what these people are talking about. So a lot of their story starts to fall apart when you actually go into fact check. In fact, the priest who supposedly was attacked by flies and threw up, yeah, he said, "I'd never even met the Lutzes." Then they use me as a reference, but I never actually met with these people. I never spoke to them. They told me about blessing the house, and I never got around to it. That's kind of rude on their part. I know. So a lot of their things is like, did this happen? Or did they make everything up? Or just embellished it. Like, what's true in this story? It's hard to tell. It's a good story. Don't get me wrong. It is a good story. Well, yeah. It did create a lot of those scary movie tropes that we like but how much of it was entirely made up how much of it really happened what's exaggerated i personally love the theory that george was the cause of all of it because even after leaving the house the problems didn't exactly go away there was still that issue of george being kind of an a-hole i mean military background stepfather supposedly really strict kind of hard on his kids yeah and they actually ended up getting a divorce in 1980. So it good was for her. Like three or four years later, they didn't even stay together. Sure. I mean, if the movie is any indication for how he acted, it's safe to say that possession had nothing to do with him being kind of a dick to his stepkids. Why? He was just an asshole. Yeah. With that, I mean, why don't we get into the movie? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Of course, the premise for Amityville Horror is... Pretty much follows the book, true story. Family moves in. The movie, I should have wrote when the movie came out. Oops. When did the movie come out? Hey, Google. Does that work? Yes. When did Amityville Horror came out? 1974. Nine. Oh, yeah. shit. It gave me the, uh, oh, 1979. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it gave me the remake, the crappy remake. I thought that, never mind. <laughs> we, we get there when we get there. All right, all right. Well, that'll work. That'll work. Okay. Amityville Horror from 1979, starring Marco Kidder and James Brolin. James Brolin is Thanos' dad, by the way. His big daddy. Ooh. What else was James Brolin in? I don't remember any other movies. That... Pee-wee. Right, right. Remember, he he, played... he's Pee-wee. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. Paging Mr. Herman. He was Pee-wee in the movie version of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> in the movie, inside of the movie. That's that's what I know James Brolin from. Moeception. Mm. Yeah, Pee-wee. But Pee-wee. that still counts. He is still Pee-wee. 
he played, <laughs> he's the only other actor besides Paul Rubens to play Pee Wee Herman. James Brolin. That's fact. <laughs> Father of Thanos. Anyway, <laughs> um, so when they were getting ready to make Amityville Horror, James Brolin wasn't actually sure he wanted to be in the movie, right? Yeah. They pretty much sent him a note. There's no script yet. Read the book. So they gave him a copy of the book to read and no script. So he was like, what the hell? <laughs> what ended weird. up convincing him to do the movie was apparently he told a story where he had hung up his pants on in like the closet mm-hmm. and and was reading the book to try to prepare to see if he wanted to do it. And when he got to a really intense scene in the book, his fucking pants fell off the door that he had them hanging on. And he like totally jumped out of his skin scared. And he's like, you know what? This is a good story because I'm scaring myself. I'm doing it. it. I'll do it. <laughs> right. And the funny thing is he was totally into the story, really invested until he met George and Kathy Lutz. I mean, he ended up getting really close to them, but he believed the story until he met them, mm. which is kind of a yeah. red flag for how, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's totally on board with it. Like, yes. But not the actual people. Uh, you're not, not like in the book. Well, it's that thing of like, yeah, this story is real. It's terrifying. And then he meets them and now he's a skeptic. Like, I don't know if this is true. I kind of doubt it now. <laughs> well, the ink is dry, so I still have to do it. Well, I mean, it's still a good story. He knew it was going to yeah. be a good story. Yeah. Um, Actually, he was paid a small fraction to be in the movie. Like, relatively small for the time. But he agreed to a contract where he got a percentage of the gross. Smart. Right. And it it doesn't seem like a lot. But in today's money, he ended up making $55 million from that. If you think of it this way, Amityville Horror cost them, I believe it was $18 million to make. Mm -hmm. Right. And it grossed $88 million. Wow. Yes. It was a massive, massive success. It was at the time considered one of the most successful independent movies ever made just from that factor of alone of it was almost no budget and they made a huge profit. Another fun fact about the movie, which I didn't find anywhere until I really looked into it. Yeah. They didn't film in the real house, which is something I never knew until I was researching it for this podcast. Well, they, I, f- I figure it was because, you know, it was actually Hans. So you don't want to be there. And because of budget's, What's actually funny is when they when it found out at the time that they didn't film in the real house, the press for the movie said, oh, it's because our crew was too scared to film in the real location. Yeah, that was the story they told the press in real life. If you look into it, the city of Amityville didn't want any association with the movie. So they literally barred them from filming on location in the city. It's bad press. Yeah. They're like, well, we want to distance ourselves from the scary story. You can't film here. So the, the film crew responded with, oh, we were just too frightened to film there. Mm, smart. <laughs> Good excuse. Like, that's the reason. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. I mean, market it up like you can. Or as much as you can. Well, it worked because it made so much money then. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want people to come to my house if I, for some reason, lived in a haunted house. You know, imagine how annoying that would be to live in a house that's famous for being haunted like that. Oh, like, um, so what's that movie? Blair Witch, where that little city got a bunch of people visiting them for no reason just because of that movie. They got sick of tired of it. Oh, I want to try to cover the Blair Witch in another story or in another podcast. Okay. Um, what did you think of the movie? 
Oh boy. Um, <laughs> okay, what did you think of the movie? Well, I, this is the first time I've seen it since I was a little kid. As a little kid, it terrified me. But I, I had a couple of scenes that actually got me. I enjoyed the movie. It was good. Not great. Um, Kind of hard to say. Like, I guess there's points where I do enjoy it. But for the most part, in a filmmaking aspect, there's just so many errors. So many cuts, kinda... so many edits and stuff. Yeah, I'm not an editor cuts. myself, but I'm like, I could do better than that. They stand out to me for some reason. Yeah, so from the opening scene, like the, I, I like how they did that scene, like just specifically the opening credits where they just show the house and the lights lighting up, and then they they kind of show a subtitle saying, "Oh, the murders took place and whatnot." I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. that's my favorite part of that opening. That it's just sort of implied that yeah, there was a murder here, but when they show them touring the house. And it's cutting to them being murdered. It's such an oddly it's jarring. Edited, yeah, it's jarring because like the the edits don't match any like continuity. Like, oh, she opens the door and then it shows the killer opening door. No, it shows her opening the door, walk around, and then it shows the killer opening the door. Like, you could have timed that to be good really, edits. Yeah, yeah, you could have timed that really cool. But instead, they go for just a second too late. Like. The one that really stuck out to me is when they go up the stairs. Freeze frame. That one. Yeah. yeah, the stairs. It's so weird because she's just walking and then it holds. It doesn't freeze frame for like a few seconds too it's long. Like five seconds or so. What we're saying is like I, I thought that the video like skipped. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like or like it was. Is scratched. it frozen or something? Yeah, because it, it looks like it's just a distorted frame. Like they did that on purpose. And then huh. they show the killer upstairs shooting that like the victims. But they hadn't shown the upstairs yet at that point. So, I mean, I would have done it after they were already up the stairs and matched the shot. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that really, really irritates, like, just because I didn't say earlier, I didn't like this movie. Like, I enjoyed it when I was, again, like you're saying, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Yeah. But watching it as an adult... It's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's it's long. Oh, it feels long, but it... Yeah, it's long. It feels longer than it is because for the most part in the movie, nothing happens. No. It is dry. It's a very dry movie. It's a slow burn. I feel like they're trying to build tension, but there is no tension built because he's immediately angry. He's immediately intense. Everything's immediately happening. And there's no build. Like There's like no real climax either. Not, so no, Everything kind of falls apart. There's no real uh, stakes on hold. Yeah, there's absolutely no stakes in this movie whatsoever. At no point did I feel anyone was in danger. And when you do, for that split second, it's over. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, they're wah, fine. Wah. I mean... No real danger here. I guess, yeah, it is based on the true story. But I feel like they could have embellished it to make it more interesting. More Hollywood. I, I would have loved for it to have been more Hollywood. Because there are things in the movie that just straight up throws me off like um right after they do the whole move-in scene they have the the priest come in to try to bless the house yeah right in the scene the priest comes in he starts getting sick and then flies start appearing thousands of flies all over him all over like they covered him in they covered the actor in honey to get the flies on him yeah right Mm -hmm. the weird thing about that scene is apparently the cameraman had a really bad phobia of flies. Oh, no. Oh, 
So he would literally point the camera for the close-up and then hide. He wouldn't even look at the gate. That's why if you watch the scene, it randomly goes out of focus multiple times in the scene. Because he wasn't actually uh, looking. That's kind of sad. I just figured it was just a great, like, weird um, framing. Because it's awkward. Like they're trying to do it on purpose. Yeah. It's artsy. It's artsy. Artsy. That's what I took it for. But now you mention it. I'm not looking at that. And then it also doesn't explain why there are other scenes in the movie that are randomly out of focus. Yeah, so many. And yep. don't forget the boom poles. Oh, man, that same scene of the priest like being covered in flies. You could see the cameraman's shadow like across his head. Like That's a close-up. <laughs> you have a close-up of the cameraman's shadow on this actor's head. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes for fun I Spy games. <laughs> Your I spy shouldn't be. There's something wrong with this continuity, <laughs> where the like the sex scene, right? Awkward. That awkward sex scene where they randomly do it on the floor next to their bed. There's a bed right there with mirrors everywhere. Yeah, the weird '70s porno house with freaking mirrors <laughs> all over. Yeah, well, it's flower a porno. hair. Yeah, that, <laughs> that scene. She's wearing no, no shirt. Well, she's wearing a shirt. It's not covered up. It's not button. And she's doing ballet. Like she's randomly doing ballet. She has a leg warmer doing ballet. Just one leg warmer. Yeah, just one. Randomly doing ballet with a leg warmer and a daisy in her hair. (laughs) Looking all sexy and stuff. Yeah. It leads to an awkward sex scene where they're kind of making out on the ground next to their bed. There's a bed. What's wrong with you guys? Get on the bed. Get on the bed. Well, I guess it would squeak and they have kids in the house. D- that doesn't matter. They just, you just locked straight your door. up like, kept doing it when her kid came in. They're like, oh, wait. I guess we stop now. And then she stands up and is now wearing a different shirt. Yeah. There's a there's an awkward thing with the wardrobe in this movie where, like, why is she dressed like a, like a Lolita girl? Like, she's got long pigtails and ribbons and... He looks like a lumberjack. Like, what, what's yeah, going she, on here? She's a ballet yeah, dancer. She's Harley Quinn. She's a schoolgirl. She's just dressing up with a bunch of fetishes. She, it looks like a weird fetish thing, doesn't it? Yeah. He probably had a certain vision, like the costume designers. Like, okay, put her, make it look like this. Put her in a sexy schoolgirl outfit from yeah. Spirit Halloween. It's going to look great, guys. Trust it's me. It's going to look great. They put him in a sweater that they bought off a hobo. Totally natural. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. He's wearing the same sweater throughout the entire movie, and that I, I get the point. He's supposed to be disheveled, but to me, it just felt sweaty and gross. There was way too many sex scenes in this movie that didn't add anything. No, I only think of one for some reason. Well, they just randomly wake up naked. Is that a sex scene then? Oh, that that one scene where like, don't worry, it happens there. Some everyone <laughs> as it doesn't happen to me. Doesn't happen to me, but he's visibly happy again. Like the ghosts have no effect after he's got some, so just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if that draws him away, use that power. I think it establishes when you make him laugh, the ghosts lose their power because his friend makes him laugh and he smiles again. 70s. Positivity, love is power. Is that why she's randomly has she randomly has daisies and hippies? <laughs> Maybe socks that's why he, she's trying to entice him, make him happy. Down there. Or just eye candy, I guess. That too, eye candy, most likely. Yeah, she was wearing a lot of skimpy outfits. Fetish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know why, but in all these old movies, just that one thing that bugs me is when after they're done doing it, they, like, the guy takes his jeans and just pulls it, like, just straight up 
no boxers, no underwear, no nothing. I'm like, dude. That's going to hurt. Who does that? Have you ever put on jeans without any boxers or underwear on? One time and never again. I'd be be scared of the zipper. Yes. It's terrible. Yeah. Zip that up. The clothing in this movie is interesting because I guess it's period accurate. I mean, it's the 70s. Yeah. I'm a (laughs) schoolgirl. I'm wearing plaid. My child is wearing a matching shirt. My friend randomly has on a vest. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I don't know what people dressed like in the 70s. Apparently, it was like slutty teenagers. Yeah, slutty <laughs> teenagers. Horny teenagers. Horny teenagers, I guess. Scooby-Doo. Know they're like 30. Nasty. The other thing is, at the like midway point in the movie, they point out, you look just like Ronnie DeFeo, the kid that murdered his family. It would have helped if they showed him yeah. before that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they don't show what the kid looks like. So when he starts looking like him, there's no connection to that at all. No, he was like in silhouette throughout the whole movie. But in order to get him to look like the kid who killed his family, apparently they hired James Brolin's brother because he looked similar enough. And they fixed him with like a fake beard. Like, look, he looks just like the kid. Then they reveal toward the end. And what has got to be the longest newspaper reel scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, I know how to work a library archive newspaper reel from watching that scene. Like, he literally goes, <laughs> you got to turn this wheel to adjust the focus. And then this one changes the page up and down to the next page and the date. She goes, oh, thank you. And she puts on these giant Coke bottle glasses. But, like, <laughs> why is this scene so long? Technology. Almost every other movie would have just cut to her looking at the newspapers. But they take, like, five minutes for him to explain, yes, this is the the newsreel. This is how this works. You could go through the whole, like, like, I swear you could operate one of those newsreel machines. I guess they just wanted to emphasize on, like, doing the research 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 <laughs> they just wanted to pad time pad of time speaking of research the scene where he goes to the library to research and he randomly hops on a motorcycle that apparently he <laughs> apparently he had the entire movie i've never seen a motorcycle to that one scene what's weird is it's parked in the driveway next to where he's cutting wood normally so it should have been in every other scene where he's at the block cutting wood yeah but like it shows him at the block where he normally cuts wood, and then it zooms out, and there's a motorcycle there now, and he hops on the motorcycle, goes to the library, and then he steals a library book. Just get a library card. <laughs> They're free. They are free. Yeah. That kind of threw me off because when she was in the library researching and I showed the picture of the husband, I was thinking, wait, wait. So does that mean that the kid in the beginning who shot his own family is the husband now? Like he got out of jail and remarried yeah and that's what i thought oh i guess you could see that because they don't explain no they don't explain anything man this movie was driving me crazy because it's nitpicky it's very nitpicky and i know i'm being nitpicky but i felt like it should have been better and i remember it being better yeah yeah it totally could have been oh yeah i I couldn't help but nitpick this movie boom pole yeah, boom poles everywhere, and especially on that priest. Yeah. yeah. That priest in the movie really, really annoyed me. I mean, I don't even know why he was in the movie. Exactly. Like, wh- why? He doesn't do much of anything. He doesn't do anything at all. Neither does the cop. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't even meet them. Like, uh... oh, yeah, the cop. Oh, yeah, and the cop. Never that at all. Helpful cop. The cop shows up. 
doesn't do anything. But he's in like six scenes of him not doing anything. <laughs> and he's like building up to there. something. Like he's like, I got to find out what happened to the priest that came to bless this house. And it shows him walk <laughs> up and he literally sees the priest and then just kind of nods and then nothing happens. Yeah, doesn't... that was like his last scene. Yeah, yeah. Th- that yeah. is his last scene. There's no payoff. It was like you were saying earlier. There are so many things in this movie that set up and then nothing happens. There's no payoff, no. I mean, they were building up at wrong points of the movie. They could have been pushing more towards a point when it comes to editing. Like, you're going to build towards a priest. Maybe it should have some sort of payoff besides him being blind. That that also didn't make sense because he's already gone. He, yeah. he has nothing to do with the house. I mean... It kind of bothers it. Like, there's that weird scene where all the other priests are yelling at him for being afraid of the house. Yeah. Like, he's like, we should get out there. We need an exorcism or something. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to waste Church's time. The other guy didn't stand up for him using the car when it started going all crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, you were there. Why don't you tell them what happened? Yeah, the car. Yeah. No help. No help at all. And the priest doesn't do anything. I mean, in the book, he goes to San Francisco. Oh, yeah, you're right. In the book, he just randomly leaves. He's like, all right, I'm going to San Francisco later. Yeah. And that was it. That scene where the priest goes blind and that rock hits him in the Okay, face. that was a funny scene. Um, like you were, you were like, laughing out loud. I could hear you like, ah, he got hit in the face. No, it's, the- not, it's not because he got hit in the face. It's because he's doing his old prayer. Oh, Jesus, come help his family and everything. Yada, yada, yada. And right near the end, a piece of the statue falls falls off. It hits him right in the face. And he screams, Jesus Christ. Like, that hurt? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm thinking more like it, he's saying Jesus Christ because he got hit. Not because he wants to finish the prayer. The movie went out of its way to establish them as deeply religious in a very odd, odd way. They like, don't. They don't show it like they have some connections with the faith and have a cross, but they don't show them to go to church or practice or prayer or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than the fact that her aunt is randomly a nun, which got me confused, like aunt and then sister. And then she's an actual nun. It's like, wait, wait, what? No, she's not. a si- Yeah. She's a sister. Some a sister, Helen. Yeah. But she's her aunt, Helen. That's, the, that's what got me confused a couple of times in the movie. Like, cause she's literally her aunt. Yeah. And she's also his her his sister, her she's sister. Not his, she's not his sister. She's the nun. Like when you call a, a nun sister. Yeah, I know. But so. like it was so odd. Like yeah. she shows up, vomits, and leaves. <laughs> and there's like George, get her to stay. What the hell do you want George to do? She's running out no. of the house. Yeah. Let her go. Don't <laughs> kidnap her. Like no, don't leave. Don't leave. Help I us. Help us from this crappy movie. <laughs> I mean, would they force the priest to stay if they would have seen him? The priest, like that... with flies everywhere. Did the, no stay. Did the sister go blind? Like, no, like... she just appears one final time at the wedding, saying like, "Oh, I'm sorry, that was must be a flu. That's why I couldn't go in. I'll stay long at your house." And that's it. She didn't continue to help, I guess, no. or try. She... Neither did the priest. Oh, he the was cop. literally on vacation at that point when he went blind. Yeah, well, no cop, no none, no to priest. Work. That was all. <laughs> Don't go back to work. And another thing you said while we were watching it is, do they go to work? Like, yeah. They, how can they afford this place? They never go to work. Yeah. What? Where does the father work at? I don't remember. It was a surveyor, according to his van. What's a surveyor? I have no idea. Exactly. You see? 
Like, it wasn't clear at all. And the guy's like, here's your paycheck. And, like, he worked? No, yeah. no, no. He had to sign for their paychecks because he's the boss. And he but what does he do? Employees' paychecks. What? I'm just saying, but what does he do? He's a surveyor. I know, but what is it? I don't know what a surveyor. Do you want me to look it up real quick? No. It's okay. It does not put much more effort to this movie. I feel like I have to look up what a surveyor is. Fine. A person who looks and (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know. Do you have any quantities you want me to survey? Uh, Like maybe security. That makes sense. Uh, Yeah, yeah, makes more sense. He does have a van to put all his like tools and stuff. A surveyor or land surveying is a technique or profession of science of determining t- terrestrial. Basically, it's those guys on the side of the road you see measuring with like compasses and stuff to see. Oh, how, he's one of those guys. How far distances on land? Okay. You know yeah. they have that like little eye scope thing where they're yeah. looking around. Like yeah. apparently that's what he does in this movie. And- uh- Okay. I guess they cut it out because it doesn't add anything to the movie, but yet again, nothing adds. I was about to say that. So he <laughs> just works in construction. Yeah, it's kind of a construction job. Nothing adds up. No, yeah. Like the kids never go to school. What does the mom do? Sexy schoolgirl outfit. Sexy school. Girl. Yeah. She's a stripper? <laughs> well, I, that, that would make a lot of sense why she's stretching in front of the mirror. Why she's wearing all the skimpy outfits. Why she has Maybe a pigtail. The schoolgirl. Yeah, she is a stripper. But then they show her painting a Virgin Mary statue. So you could be a religious and a stripper. A religious stripper. Well, uh, no. they didn't even <laughs> show it, really. I mean, they show her arm. She's yeah. painting the arm. Just the arm, yeah. And then it doesn't pay off. No. There's so many random religious things, like him quoting the Bible while they're laying in bed. Or the upside-down cross. Yeah. yeah, the upside-down cross. That's the thing that has become a thing. I didn't know this until you mentioned it. Yeah, the upside-down cross... If you look it up, it's it's supposed to be the symbol of the Pope. For some reason, it's become a satanic thing in movies. <laughs> they added all of this fancy stuff to the there's, movie. There's so much weird subplot in the movie that doesn't really matter. Like that weird scene. Oh, of course, the priest. We we're talking about the priest and how the movie devotes a good 30 to 40 minutes on this priest whose name I can't even remember. In fact, I can't remember any of the characters in the movie's name. Georgie boy. I just remember George and Kathy because I researched. And Jody, the imaginary friend. What's the name of the kids in this movie? Nope. Don't know. No. They're also victims of this haunted house and they don't actually have anything to add. They're barely in the movie. They could have done that. Like have the parents forget their kids' names. I guess. But as an audience member, I don't even remember learning the kids' names. No. And then the dog, they just say like once at the end of the movie. There wasn't much bonding experience with them. There's not even enough tension. You were saying like they were trying to build tension, but at no point do they have any reason to suspect that their stepdad is going crazy because they don't actually have any scenes together. Right. Like at the end of the movie, she's like, oh, no, my husband's going crazy. She grabs the kids, hides in the bathroom from him. Why are the kids scared? From their point of view, their stepdad has always been an asshole and he's just continuing to be an asshole. I think that's the other problem with the movie. They're trying to set him up to be like this great guy who he's great because he married a woman with kids, I guess. That doesn't make you great. But <laughs> it also doesn't pay off. Like nothing in this movie pays off. Like No, they could have just made him like a douchey guy at home, but when he leaves the house, he's nor- normally him. 
that would have made more sense because it would show that leaving the house actually fixes the problems. Because when they leave the house at the end of the movie, there's no guarantee that everything's going to be okay. Nope. Then they have that weird scene where he runs in for the dog. Like, there's no stakes here. Your family's out of the house already. The worst that could happen is George dies or the dog dies. I don't know. A dog's dogs are cool, so I like that he went back with the dog. The dog whose name you learned in that same scene. Exactly. They don't say any of the other characters' names until it's damn near over. Yeah. Like wh- that scene where they get where they're about to leave and the little girl's like, Where's Harry? I want Harry. And that one like, oh, time. No, we gotta go back. I didn't even know who Harry was. I'm like, who is that? Like, who are they talking about? And then I just figured it was the dog because that was the only one who's not there. The dog. It's process of elimination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Like, it has to be some all the dogs, probably the dog. Actually, the dog had quite a bit of screen time. It, it, but then no one said his name in the entire movie. <laughs> They're like, come here, boy. Like Just generic boy. dog names. The other odd scene is the part where his friend shows up and he's cutting wood. And he's like, oh, this happened and this happened. Why did you have to? Or the house is stressing you out. That's why you're kind of losing your cool. You're missing out on work. You had to change your religion. You married a chick with three. Like, why do we have all of this exposition of who George is after he's not like that anymore? Yeah, right near the end of the movie. Like, nothing there is built up for you to care about these characters. And that's the other thing. I didn't care about any of these characters. I just care about the dog. That's it. Yeah, I'm like, not the dog. Okay. Could kill the kids, kill the family, but leave the dog alone. It's because the kids were so generic. They added nothing to the story. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't set up where you could tell there was a good family establishment. They just wanted to release the movie because of the hype. I get, Yeah, that's true. I mean, it wasn't long after the book was like a bestseller that the movie came out. Right. You know what it is? Oh. It's that weird thing that movie adaptations that are based on books does where they put stuff in the movie assuming you've read the book yeah like the lion that lion statue okay you mentioned it uh before when we were talking the lion statue in the book is important because they kind of imply that the lion statue is possessed okay like it randomly moves on its own and it's like they randomly find it at the stairs or one time it's up it's in the other room it follows them to the bedroom and when he trips over it he has bite marks from when the lion statue bit him, right? Yeah. Yeah. They even include that in the movie. He trips over the statue. He has bite marks, but they... I didn't uh, even tell it was a lion, though. It, it, it's a, a dragon. Well, it, it's a lion statue. It's a Chinese lion. It looks more like a dragon. It is a dragon. It's a Chinese lion. Those are dragons. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> the, the point is... The lion statue, they show it in close-up multiple times in the movie. Yeah, like they're, he's going to do something. Did you notice that the statue moves? Like it's literally in different spots every time they show it? No, I just I just figured it was like in the same spot. It's just the camera's like so, positioned so. differently. I think another problem with the movie is there's no establishing the layout of the house. Right. Yeah. I no. didn't know the first shot was the back of the house. Yeah, well, the eyes. Yeah, it's technically the side of the house. Well, the eyes show the, the side. Back, the the eyes with the chimney. Yeah, that's the side of the house. I thought that was the back of the house. No, not really, because when they show the other side, that's the back of the house with the 
balcony. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, they, hmm. they don't shoot that well because I got confused the layout of the house. Just yeah, like the where, where's the side? Where's the thing? Where's the front of the house that they show occasionally? Just too confusing on yeah, where the I got house the, is. I got the boathouse layout. That was easy. Yeah, the boathouse where nothing happens. Yeah, they show outside and inside and a bit of the corner. Another scene in the movie that actually, I think, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Is yeah. the random scene where they're getting ready for the brothers, the brother-in-law's wedding. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, that scene. That scene is so long. She's talking about how she used to ride him on the handlebars and how close they were. And, like, this... Why is there more of development with her brother who they just introduced? Than the kids. Than the kids. Like... Your family. Yeah. You know, the people experiencing all the hauntings. And then he's not in any other scene, so it doesn't pay off. You know what? Maybe they wanted to turn this into a TV series. (laughs) <laughs> but they couldn't get the budgets or for one reason, you know what? Just condense it, release, release it as a movie. Actually, the movie was supposed to be a TV movie. Ah. Ah. Kind of explains stuff. Yeah, yeah, it totally explains it. The movie was supposed to be a TV movie, but due to the hype because of the book, they were given a bigger budget to do a feature mm. film. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And it got a theatrical release. And it definitely shows that this was supposed to be on TV. Yeah. It definitely should have stayed mm-hmm. on TV. It's not up to par as far as movie quality. And I just mean that from a f- purely filmmaking point of view. Like, right. I mean, it's supposed to be one of the top mo- horror movies of all time. It's okay. It's as confusing. If you try to pay attention, you're just going to be more annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but even though that, the movie does have so many issues with editing, pacing, just overall. Writing, acting. Yeah, there is some... That is the stiffest I've ever seen a main character in a movie. I mean, yeah. Babysitter did pretty good. Lots of blood on her hands, freaking out. Yeah, when she has a panic attack for after being in the closet for 40 seconds. Yeah. She, she's already <laughs> yeah. like, bleeding. Bloody knuckles pounding on the wall. You've been in there for less than 20 seconds. And you, you blood everywhere already. Man, her headset made me sad. <laughs> it's like is that real is that how it really looked like back then yeah actually is that what all braces looked like uh no just a really messed up teeth uh okay Apparently my that's mom unfortunate had yeah really, really awful torture like device and i had no idea that the little girl was supposed to be sick and that's why she didn't get out oh that's right she w- w- during the wedding sequence yeah they're all getting ready to leave and then George comes in and the brother is like, oh, you look awful. And the mom's like, oh, yeah. Uh, what the hell is the little girl's name? Missy. No, that's the name of the real girl. They changed it in the movie. Oh, OK. Oh, Amy. That's right. Her name was Amy. Amy. In, in the movie, she's like, oh, Amy's got it, too. And that's the only indication <laughs> for why they're that, that Amy is the only one not going to the wedding. Like they show the boys, they show the dad, the mom, whatever, and they just leave Amy there. They should have shown a scene of her like coughing or like acting sick in some way, or just take her temperature. Yeah, summon. That she just wasn't invited to the wedding. Yeah, they're like you can't go. (laughs) Yeah, I just little girl. I just figure, yeah, oh, she's a little girl. She's too young for the wedding, so just let her stay home. That like subplot of the money being missing. That goes nowhere. That nothing in this movie goes anywhere. (laughs) I mean, uh, besides his money. Yeah, that goes somewhere. <laughs> well, the the dude gets mad because like, I don't want to accept a check. Checks bounce. And then, yeah, at the, at the later on in the movie when the friend shows up, you find out that the check did bounce. Yeah, so he's right. He was definitely right. Yep. 
It's like the caterer's like all mad that you wrote him a bogus check. Like, yep, he, he had good reason. Bounce his threat. I I wrote it down because I thought it was amazing. <laughs> if you don't get out of my face, you're gonna be eating your own food. Burn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's the one who brought it. What? He, he's what a caterer. T- he's a caterer. This movie maybe could have done better if they didn't focus on so many characters and just the family themselves. The kids going to school, dealing with the issues at home, the mom yeah, going to work. That's the other thing. In the actual story, the kids described the ghosts following them to school. Yes, that would be much better. Yeah, and like doing things to them while they were at school. They could have shown that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. it would have been creepy. The kid walking in the hallways and the ghost boy girls like right behind him. The longest scene in the movie featuring the kids is that scene where the kid has the window closed on his hand. Oh, yeah, I felt I felt that I felt bad for that kid because that happened to me once, too. That was such an unclear scene. That was based on what happened in real life where the kid had no injuries. Right. Did you catch that in the movie? Like, how come he doesn't have a broken hand? Yeah, but he was bleeding. You didn't catch it because he just randomly says it while going into the van as they're leaving you should have like emphasized on it more yeah i think it's healed wow there's a lot of moments in the movie that are said instead of shown and that's show no tell yeah show don't tell yeah that's script writing 101 show don't tell if the kid's hand isn't broken show the doctor going look at this x-ray his hand is perfectly fine or (laughs) the the daughter's too sick to go to the wedding show her getting her temperature taken or Indicating that she's actually has a cold or right. something. Yeah. It's a movie, not a book. You no. can't just have the characters announce how they feel. <laughs> I feel tired. I feel sick. Oh, he's George is sick. Oh, she, Amy has a cold. Oh, his hand isn't broken. Someone's possessed. That nun who I think is I'm a possessed. sister is also my aunt. Like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> sister aunt. Sister aunt. Is there any other gripes about the movie that you guys have? Gripes? Things you don't like. Grapes. I just want to see um talk about the good things about the movie. Oh, sorry. No, okay. no, but we can finish if there's anything more bad about it. <laughs> the pig in a window. What the heck? The what? The pig in the window. Yeah, I thought it was a cat. Well, that that cat that shows up for one scene. Yeah. I it, just a black cat meowing. A jump scare? I guess just solely for jump scare. They could have used the black dog. That but you've already seen a black dog. Let's put something else. A uh, black cat? Yeah, that's scarier. That's the other thing. The scene where they go into the basement. Yeah. In real life, it was a nice basement. It was furnished, carpeted. The The DeFeo family used it as a den. Cool. In the movie, it looks like a decrepit dungeon with like old mattresses and like dead... like Rotted wood. and It looks all evil. Something In real is- life, it was like a... It was like a family room. Yeah. We all follow down here, Georgie boy. And the whole red room, like hidden closet thing. And in real life, the room was just a closet. It wasn't It wasn't like a big, like scary cavernous room with a well. Actually, it wasn't even in that in the movie. In the movie, it was just a red closet. Yeah. And the laser car and stuff. This, this room is the gateway to hell. That didn't make any sense. No. The fact that... The best friend's girlfriend was randomly a psychic. Yeah, they, well, there's no mention of it at she's, all. She's just, oh, now she's psychic. I thought she was like possessed. 
Well, in that scene, she was possessed, but she shows up to the scene psychic for some reason. Yeah, she says she didn't want to go inside because she doesn't feel safe and there's like a presence, so she just decided to stay in the car. But then she goes in anyway later. Yeah, it's like, what's the point then? I think that's the thing. If the Amityville horror story happened today, it wouldn't pick up any traction but being a hoax. Because like, oh, it was built on ancient Indian burial ground. Google, is that true? No. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's harder to do research. Maybe so, that's that's why it got so much money. It only, be, it only benefited because the time was released before in access to the internet at all. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things in the story that simple Googling kind of makes it fall apart. Like, oh, one of the little girls was named Jody, So it's creepy that she's got an imaginary friend that's the same name as one of the victims. That wasn't her name. Probably... I mean, they probably had to change it for legal reasons, but then they use the real DeFeo name anyway, so I, I don't know why that That's would matter. N- yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. What are things you did like about this movie? Well, there's some far in between scenes, but the one that I do like the most is it's one of the nights when I was asleep and it was 3.15. You see the corner of the room, the uh, main master bedroom open, and then the next shot, quick shot, is the wife getting out of bed just screaming like, don't shoot her, or something along those lines. She says, she was shot in the head. Yeah, she was shot in the head. <laughs> that caught me off guard. So I was expecting the dad to come out of the out of the um, the door frame. But no, next shot, quickly, it's her screaming. That that got me. So, oh, shit. That, that actually did scare me. Well, that scene kind of bugged me. Why? Because it broke its own rule. The movie's establishes that he wakes up every night at 315 oh in that scene she woke up and yelled she was shot in the head and he's still asleep and she wakes him up but still got woken up yeah he he did wake up because of her at 315 but they kind of established like he wakes up at 315 every night since they moved in and then that one night he doesn't she does and then the next night he's back to waking up at 315 I I figured if they were gonna suddenly shift, they should have made all the scary shit start happening to her at that point. Maybe it was just the good spirits trying to you know warn her or something. There, I, there's no good spirits in the movie. I don't know. I'm just trying to uh, grab some straws here. Yeah, I mean, in the real story, there was good spirits. I actually think that would have made the movie better. Yeah. Yeah, but would have been like good versus evil sort of thing. There's no good versus evil. There's no plot. Nothing felt no. too evil either. Nothing felt like it was happening. Yeah. It just this is this is just basically Seinfeld as a horror. It just happens. It just happens. What you do in your day? Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. I, I'm a little embarrassed, but there was one scene that actually really scared me. Oh, Which one? Gosh. Okay, the part where the mom is putting the little girl to bed. Yeah, and she goes to close the window. And the scary cat eyes appear in the window, and it's it's literally two flashlights yeah, in yeah. the dark, like moving around. I okay, I hella jumped when I saw that, and ever immediately went, "Oh, that looks so stupid." They're just flashlights, and I was like, "Huh? Oh yeah." yeah that, <laughs> Lex, you've seen a lot of horror movies. You should have known it was coming. I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about it. <laughs> Normally, jump scares don't get me, but that one made me go, "Whoa, what the hell?" Okay. <laughs> Bad. But I didn't know how to react because she was ever was already laughing like that was so <laughs> dumb. I'm like, you're already scared. I was so confused. Like really? that sounds funny. Okay. Like, I don't know. It got me. Flashlight eyes. When Ooh. 
they were filming that scene yeah the director wasn't convinced by the actress uh margot kidder yeah he wasn't convinced by the actress's performance in that scene so in order to enhance it he had like the puppet used for the pig head Mm -hmm. with little flashlight eyes and he had it on a stick that he used and waved it at her when they were filming the scene like to try to scare her and to, to get a like a real reaction and she started laughing hysterically. Like they had to stop filming for a minute because she couldn't stop laughing at how yeah. stupid it was. You could yeah. tell, like, when it goes back to her, she's totally in a different position. It does a jump cut because she moved in between takes. Yeah. It does like a double smash jump cut, like before showing that she's scared. That's just a continuity thing again. Which is a lot. I don't want to sound pretentious, but there's a lot of random filmmaking problems in this movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate all the hard work that was put into it. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said, it was trying to be a TV movie before it became a movie theater. A movie movie. Movie movie. movie. There we go. I can't think of anything positive to say about this movie. Nothing. uh, Well, I mean, it's considered one of the best because... It did a lot of things first. Yes, it did. But like a comment on YouTube that doesn't make it important. Or better. First! It's the start of tropey stuff. Yeah. It, right? it established a lot of those scary movie tropes. The first one being, why are they still in that damn house? Get out of that house. Get out. I run- yeah, get out. <laughs> that scene peaks. The audio crackles and I can hear it. That's just another filming aspect. <laughs> There's a lot of weird audio stuff, like kids whistling when they're not whistling and... Like hmm. the oh no, because it shows the kid whistling for the dog, right? But as soon as he stops, you hear the whistle. Another whistle, it's yeah. Like still going, but it, yeah, <laughs> it's like the audio became out of sync for a split second. Well, there was another scene I did like. Um, so that scene when she's home alone, I think, and someone knocks at the door, and it's like a neighbor, uh, assuming it's a neighbor. Was creepy. Yeah, it's like a guy with the a beanie and stuff and yeah. a beard. Yeah, he's got like a six pack of beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. You know, <laughs> want to drink some brewskis or something? Yeah, uh, and like she's like, "Whoa, what are you doing here?" He goes, "Welcoming you to the neighborhood." <laughs> yeah, that was that was creepy because she part. goes uh, to the corner of their kitchen because I think the phone was ringing, and she goes back and he's gone. I thought that it was gonna be like this guy broke into the house and then he gets haunted off or something. Yeah, and that would make off. more sense. But no, he's just not in the rest of the movie. Like, some weirdo came up to your door and you turned your back on him and now he's gone. How no? Again, another ghost. scene. Another scene with no payoff. Yeah, yeah. For all we know, maybe he's a ghost. He could have been one of the victims in the house. Something. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of things that don't do anything. Yeah, they just. There's a lot of setups, but no pay payoffs. Yeah. Like a J.J. Abrams movie. Well, I mean, I kind of liked when he stepped into the stairs and got like pulled in by goo. He falls into the goo in the pit. Goo. Yeah, and the dog that... is biting him and attacking him, and then it decides to help him up. After he's like, "It's me! Oh, it's okay. me, you... Harry!" And uh, Harry's like, "Oh, okay!" And then just starts helping him at that. He looks so angry. Then he's like, "Oh, okay, I understand now." And then the door slams in his face, and I was expecting demons or ghosts to show up, but the, he kind of just falls out the window. And he's just carrying that poor puppy all the way through the rain. <laughs> that dog looks so confused. Like, imagine filming that. The dog's like, what's happening? Yeah. Where am I going? <laughs> I'm going, going to the park? for a run? Yeah. I'm going for a walk. 
Well, he's not walking. He's not walking. He's well, just carrying me. Fine. You carry me. Let's go for a walk. I think that it started off that horror haunted house thing, and it is just kind of nostalgic in a way. Like It's a good blueprint. Yeah. You yeah. know what it is? Is It's a good start to something. Yeah. I Okay. Granted, I'm not a professional filmmaker, but I am a huge nerd. I feel like when I watch the movie, I catch myself going, well, that could have been better. Well, that could have been better. I could have fixed that. Like anyone could have fixed that. Right. And as bad as it sounds, I can't help but give it notes while I'm watching it. And it's not like a normal, this movie's bad kind of thing. It's more like a, dude, she's on the phone for 30 seconds out of focus. Why is the phone cord in focus? (laughs) The year after this movie came out, The Shining came out. So it's not even a time period thing. It's just a director thing. A director like Stanley Kubrick could take the same concept. Family moves into a haunted house. Dad starts going crazy, attacks them with an axe. But he did it so much better. Maybe because they thought it was for movies. So why put like effort into it? I feel like Stanley Kubrick watched Amityville Horror and said, if I get a chance... I know what I would fix what's wrong with this movie. I could do that movie, but better. And then he had a chance to do The Shining and completely ignored the book just so he could do that. Every major beat in this movie happens in The Shining, only better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was actually scary because of that. Yeah, that father's much more scary. Jack Nicholson is much more terrifying, this guy. Jack Nicholson looks like he went crazy. (laughs) It shows. It's really noticeable. James Brolin looks like he's irritated and everybody... He, he looks like a crackhead who needs a fix throughout the entire movie. <laughs> he does. Uh, yeah, it still works out. I mean, sometimes it's okay to stray away from a book if the piece comes out to being really good. There's enough stuff missing from the writing of this movie that it's hard to follow. Like, you couldn't tell that he wasn't just the kid out of prison a year later. I will say, yeah, I will say this. I enjoyed this one much better than the remake. I don't even remember the remake. Exactly. But, you but see? I do remember the remake at least took some time to show the dad's relationship with the kids, at least. I've never seen a remake, but... It has Deadpool. watched it in theaters. Oh. It was so forgettable. <laughs> wow. Oopsies. Yeah. Just went over my head. Yeah. It's coming back now. Yeah, it was... Oops. Ugh. At least something dies in that movie. Yeah. Poor doggy. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, okay, I gotta think of something. <laughs> I gotta think of something positive. Okay, I liked everything that they tried. Yeah, they could have done better. A for effort. No, no. C minus. <laughs> C minus for effort. Something positive. I enjoyed his beard. He had, a, he had a lovely beard. Yeah, he did have so a lovely scraggly. beard and hair and everything. I don't like that he shows up with the beard because I, the idea is he's getting disheveled and he's gradually looking more and more like the kid who killed his family. Yeah, he should have come clean shaving. In the beginning. They could have just had him have no beard. Yeah, that would have been an easier transition. So yeah, so by the end he has the beard and looks like the kid. But Yeah. yeah. Well, there's your nice saying beard. You had a good Beard. He had a good beard. Yeah. He's nice. making a lot of firewood. So much firewood. He was cold. Yeah, right? he was really cold. 
Does he? He never says that in the movie that he's cold. She's like, "Why are you chopping all that firewood?" Yeah, he never says why. The fire going? Like why? <laughs> because I'm cold. It. Yeah, he he doesn't explain that he's cold, does he? No. The only time is in the beginning of the movie when he says that it's seventy degrees, but it feels like thirty degrees. That's it. That's all. That's the only time. Yeah. I mean, there's another scene in that same, the first scene where he wakes up at like three fifteen in the morning. Yeah. Or no, he hears music, right? And he comes downstairs. It's done in a weird way. In the book, he hears like a marching band downstairs. And when he gets down there, all the furniture is pushed to the side and the carpet's rolled up. They do that scene in the movie. But but you can't tell that's what he's supposed to be hearing. Not at all. Then he goes into the room and the carpet's rolled up and all the furniture's to the side. But they hadn't shown that room until that scene. And I thought that was just music playing in the background. I didn't think it was supposed to be what he heard. Yeah, it was just the neighbors or something. Well, yeah, they, that's not very clear. Nothing in this movie is clear. He just rolls the carpet back up like, oh, got to put the carpet up. But since they never showed that room before, I didn't know it was supposed to be, wow, the ghost magically moved everything aside and rolled the carpet up. Yeah, it was not clear on that part. Again, read the book if you want to know what's happening. Read the book. But... Not always a good way to tell a story that way. A lot of tell, not show. Yeah. This is probably a good movie to teach in class of the do's and do nots of movie making. That's the thing is it's it's a classic movie. Classic. It it always shows up in top 10 lists of like scariest movies of all time. Because it kind of okay. started it. I'm, At least those kind of tropes, right? I mean, historical context aside... There's not a lot of good about this movie I could think of. No. I mean, it's supposed to be one of the top mo- horror movies of all time. It's okay. So how would you rate this movie? One to five. Like uh, three, three or 2.5. It's not really a coherent movie. There's no real satisfaction to it overall. No real climax or stakes or danger or any of that that makes a movie kind of interesting and i don't know but i do want to give it some points because it was a starter of these things and it kind of kicked off a lot of other great movies and different kinds of creativity for this monster haunted house style sort of stuff points out of five i'll give it a three out of five Number one reason, that priest, when he says, Jesus Christ, when he gets hit in the face. Because <laughs> it made you laugh. It made me laugh. It made me laugh so much, so that gets one point. And the rest of the point is, I enjoyed it. I wasn't really bored, but it did feel long. And I made some jokes and quips here and there, so that got me entertained. So You kind of, of enjoyed it ironically as you kind of tore it apart in your head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Similar. Out of five, I I have to give this movie a two and a half. Yeah, yeah. There was so much about the movie that I wanted to enjoy and I thought I enjoyed. Without nostalgia goggles on, the movie does not hold up to what I had in my head. Like, I remember it so much better than it was actually executed. Maybe I'm biased because I did read the book when I was younger. Right. But there's yeah. so much missing from the movie that I remember seeing that was just in the book and it kind of skews it. And I think <laughs> that's why I'd have to knock it because story-wise, the movie's a little incoherent. 
you don't follow everything that's happening, even though right. they give you a straight up countdown for when things are supposed to pick up and take off and they finally flee the house. You're still having trouble remembering who's who like the name of the kids who are main characters in this movie. Yeah, I don't know who they are. I just know Georgie boy. Why the priest is important. What that cop is doing there. So there's too many. Who's that neighbor? Who's that neighbor? There's too many threads of something interesting that don't pay off in this movie. I couldn't give it anything higher than a two and a half. Potential. It had potential. Again, I'm totally biased because I remember it being great. Watching it again, it was only okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah historically watch this movie because it's one of those movies that gets referenced everywhere the cartoons other movies it it, right. it got referenced in simpsons it's definitely a, a trendsetter like that it, it's the movie yeah. that started all of these tropes but then that doesn't necessarily make it great i just like the spoofs and parodies like in other things like it was referenced in simpsons one of the treehouse of horrors that's true a lot of the thing that makes amityville so memorable is everything else that came after based on it. Yeah, it kind of yeah. just hyped the movie up and made everyone else kind of love it, even if you didn't necessarily see it. In fact, that's the the only reason why I watched it as a kid was how many people told me that I should watch it because of how good it was. Right. Yeah, and it's this hype. Yeah, the hype is greater than the actual result. Yeah. Amityville Horror is definitely a franchise not worth checking out. No. There's been over 14 or something. Is it 14? There's It's like 15. I don't even There's know. more sequels that I could count on my hands. Oh, want to count. More than 10 is too many when people didn't even know there was a third one. There's the one like 10, 15 sequels and a remake and a prequel and something so like, many other movies one of them had time travel didn't it yeah and one of them had little figurines and toys and one had a cuckoo clock and a cuckoo clock of doom yeah and one one of them was amityville 3 yeah cuckoo yeah so many weird doom. movies and spinoffs and stuff there is like 14 amityville horror movies goodness the last one came out in 2019 really yes i, I just know about the ryan reynolds one there's so many amityville sequels that it's stupid stupid and they're probably as stupid no, that's not true. That one with the cuckoo clock was kind of cool. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that pretty much sums up and wraps up uh, this uh, Amityville. So, if you have any suggestions, comments, you can contact us at our email at kindatruepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Lex. I'm Amber. And I'm Tony. And what happened was true. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so amazing.